This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Uh, we have on the line Rob Hutchinson from a group called Dear South Africa, who's trying to do uh, exactly that. And I'm hoping uh, that we can have Rob on more regularly to talk to us about uh, this topic. But for today, he is on and he's going to be talking to us about what it is that he does. Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us on the New Blue Review. Thank you for the opportunity, Benji. Hope everyone's doing well. Yes, uh, and keeping warm as well. So first of all, Rob, tell us uh, how it was that Dear South Africa came about uh, and explain to us what it is that you do. All right, well, it's, it's quite a convoluted story. <laughs> if, I, if I can put out a brief version of, of, of what, ex- what we actually do. Dear South Africa is a non-profit organization which focuses on participative democracy. Um, now, what that means is that Every decision that government uh, wants to, to, to bring about or wants to implement has to, by law, go out for public uh, comment where the public are invited to offer their input on, on their proposed amendment to legislation or tariff hike or, or whatever change that government wants to bring in. And government has to legally consider and acknowledge every single input from, from the public. So what we do is we facilitate that, that whole process educate the public as to what the amendments are um, and create a platform where the public can enter their name, enter their details, offer their comment and click click send and the system generates a unique submission directly to, to government, to the official government representative in the legal format and it's considered by government as an official submission from, from the public. It's different to a petition, whereas um, petitions uh, whether you have a million signatures or whether you have one signature, it's counted as a as a single submission by by government because everyone has agreed to the petition to the petition memorandum. Our, our system makes sure that every comment or every person that participates is considered as an individual submission and therefore far more effective. So we don't run petitions which uh, follow a single a single objective. We we invite a comment from. All sides of society, whether you're for or against it, tell us why, and we submit that directly to government. Okay, so I think that's an important point because a lot of people do get petition emails and sign this and sign that, uh, and they're not sure if they're if it's being effective or it even gets passed on at just you know one of these sites. Uh, so, so this is slightly different. You you are actually doing an individual submission with your own a view uh, in into government. I mean, what people might say, um, and and perhaps you've encountered this, is that, well, you know, why does the government have to listen? I mean, they can get all of these submissions from the public, uh, and then, you know, they sit in the committee and they just say, well, you know, very nice, and we're going to ignore it. Uh, do, you, do you feel that public participation uh, can actually shape the way that our public representatives are taking decisions? Absolutely. So it works both ways. Um, number one, we educate the public as to what this amendment or the increase is, is about. And it operates at, at all levels of government, so from municipal through to national, uh, provincial, even state-owned entities. So the government gets a proper view of what the public wants. The public understands what uh, what the government is proposing, and we, we offer that, that process through, through a completely transparent process. The benefits of doing it through, through our platform instead of directly with with government is that the public now has an accurate record of what the numbers of the public participation was, how many people participated, and the contents thereof. Previously, when when government uh, put out these calls for comment, 
nobody knew what what the outcome was because you had to go through a pie application to get that information from government and you really you really couldn't trust it. So government just used it as a, a checkbox to go so they could say, Oh yes, we we take public participation, here it is and you couldn't really challenge them on on any on any outcomes. Now you can because the the record sits sits in the public domain and we have evidence which builds a fantastic foundation for any legal challenge should we want to go that far afterwards. Well, I thought it was very interesting because one of the hot issues, which is not necessarily to do with you guys necessarily, although I think you may have been involved, but we had uh, Nkosazana Glemini-Zuma when she was challenged about, you know, the effects of smoking during the lockdown. And she said, well, we had 2,000, uh, you know, public participation uh, nominations. And as, as soon as she put out that figure, there was a lot of debate about, is it an accurate figure? Uh, are those for or against? What are they actually saying? Uh, and And so... Having that figure of, of people who are actually putting in submissions does help to, uh, to construct a debate about if the, the government is making a legitimate decision. Absolutely correct, yes. So we could, we could have easily challenged, challenged that uh, statement that there were 2,000 because we know for a fact that they weren't. We, we, as soon as she published that, that call for comment, and she only gave the public about 36 hours to, to have their say on, on the regulations there, uh, we we issued it to to our network, uh, sent out an email informing all our participants and subscribers, and we managed to deliver just over 22,000 submissions directly to to government. And of course, we we produced a report and had a record of, of all of that. And I can tell you now, there was nowhere near 2,000 people who who agreed with um, the banning of tobacco. Not at all. So that again, there is, is the power of of it. We can call them to account straight away. And immediately, and produce the evidence to 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 back up or challenge them. The, the other one, which I think was was very interesting, uh, when you start to get into these debates around public participation, was on uh, the land issue because there was a, um, a sort of a submission process for Parliament on the land issue, and a lot of them were oral submissions, uh, and and there was a big debate about whether the Parliament was relying on oral submissions. To, uh, to the detriment of written submissions, uh, because there were an X number of, of written ones, but, but Parliament was saying, well, we're just going to look at the, at, at the oral ones, which I think probably were more supportive of their position because of uh, where they did it. So, so again, you can see how the, the public participation can legitimize the decision by Parliament, uh, if, if nobody's paying attention. Absolutely correct. That, that was a rather, rather interesting case because it went on for quite, quite some time. And they, they did the, the written submissions first, and they received hundreds of thousands. Um, just through, through our platform, we sent up about 229,000 uh, direct public submissions to, to Parliament, the Parliamentary Committee. And after we did our analysis, um, we could see that after kind of exact figures, that it was around about 43% were um, opposed to amending the, the Constitution, and the rest obviously in, in, in no, sorry, the other way around. 43% were in favour of uh, amending the constitution and the rest were, were opposed to it. And we produced a report then, sent that to Parliament, to the Parliamentary Committee, who ended up using just our report to, to compile their, their uh, report to, to Parliament. And but the, the very interesting part about that was that Parliament actually rejected all the, all the written submissions and relied on 400 oral submissions which were 
conducted at, at various public hearings around the country. Now, we also attended uh, a few of those those public hearings and uh, could, could produce a report from, from the participation there, which revealed that it was incredibly biased and they cherry-picked um, you know, the, the submissions that, that suited their agenda, which is a, which is a great fail for, for democracy, especially for, for what they were trying to achieve. Uh, Rob, you were talking before the break about the the land issue, but but uh, that one, you know, was actually a, a discussion where, where a lot of people uh, finally understood the importance of, of public participation. But you guys actually cover a lot of, let's call it smaller stuff. I don't want to say less relevant because uh, it's all relevant, but but you do it at a national level, provincial, local. So talk to us about some of the stuff that's on your agenda at the moment. Uh, just just generally, uh, what you know, what's going on uh, in in the legislative and uh, public policy realm. Sure thing, yeah. So we, we do operate at, at, at all levels. The most, uh, well, the busiest one that we've had lately was um, Joburg uh, City tariff, uh, tariff hikes. And uh, there are a lot of uh, municipalities around about this time of the year review their, their annual budgets and propose new, new tariff increases um, with regards to electricity, water, service delivery, and, and other issues, and including um, councillor and municipal employees' salaries. That all goes out in the budget, and again, they have to uh, put it out for public comment and the public offer their, their input there. So we conducted that recently, and we had a, a fantastic response um, on about four, four municipalities, mainly based in, in Gauteng, just due to our, because of our resource limit, limitations. We would love to have done all 247 municipalities, but... Yeah, it's, it becomes a bit, a bit difficult when you're trying to manage, manage so much. Um, so we focused on, on Joburg, the Kurileni, Chwani, Mokhali City, and the Sedibeng uh, district. And the, the response again was, was, was great. We informed the public about what they were, what the proposed tariffs were. And, uh, Joburg was proposing, um, uh, reasonable tariff, tariff increases, but unreasonable increase, increases for for their councillors and so on. Uh, we got about almost 7,000 7, responses from Joburg residents on, on the Joburg one and similar similar amounts on, on Ikiruli and Shwani. And recently Joburg uh, uh, informed the public and informed us that they had considered public input and had reduced the proposed uh, increases, um, in some cases by, by quite, a, quite a considerable amount. Um, and that was due to public pressure from not just us, but, but other groups as well. So that, again, shows the great uh, importance of, of public participation trying to influence decisions, even from a, a local community level. On a, on a national level, um, currently we're running one for the uh, FICA Amendment Bill. That's the Financial Intelligence uh, Act. And that is proposing amendments that... Um, go around regulation of large or high-value purchases and cryptocurrency. It appears that government now wants to regulate uh, crypto transactions and how that is all managed and um, try and understand who is making these transactions and so on, which is quite concerning. It has some benefits and obviously it has some major concerns. Um, yeah, so there's a call for comment going out on that right now. And then um, recently, government, uh, the parliamentary, one of the parliamentary committees, put out a call for comment on um, how government has been responding to, to COVID. You know, the measures, the lockdown regulations, 
wearing of masks and how people feel about it and so on. So we're assisting, assisting with that, sending responses from the public directly through to the committee. And that is, that is also doing quite well so far. We've got about 15,000 uh, participants on that one. And hopefully they will, the parliamentary committee will use all these responses, present it to, to government and make amendments where, where necessary. Um, there's a, there are a hell of a lot of um, calls for comments currently. Um, some of which we are attending to, some of which we, we are about to attend to, and some of which we just actually can't get to at all. Um, oh, if I could name a couple uh, on the local level, there's, uh, there's a merchant ship, shipping draft bill, which is about regulating the transport um, on, on shipping. Um, uh, transformation of the tourism sector, where government has called for input on how, uh, how transformation should happen at a, at a, a more expedited rate, I thought they'd actually use those words, within within the tourism sector because it's taking too long. Um, I do believe people should be commenting on, on that as it has some major concerns around that as well. Um, there's the prescription in civil and criminal matters uh, amendment bill, which proposes to address sexual offences that happened longer than 20 years ago. Um, on, in certain cases, to allow people to prosecute uh, offences that allegedly happened tw- more than 20 years ago, so that these things don't prescribe. However, they call it the Sexual Offences Bill, but if you read through it, it actually applies much uh, broader than, than just sexual offences and can apply to, to anything else. That's a key point in, in public participation. Government often presents uh, bills in in a manner uh, and names them completely different to what the content actually represents. So our our job as a civil society organisation is to go through those bills and interpret them so the public can actually understand what they are about, and then the public can offer perspective and educated comments on on whether they think should go ahead or not. Uh, Rob, if people want to make submissions on all of these different things, uh, how do they go about doing it? Well, there's, there's several ways. You can you can either go directly to to the committee. Government publishes the call for comment in in the government gazette, and sometimes in a, in a national newspaper, or if it's a local uh, municipal thing, they publish it in a local publication. So you can either make an oral representation directly to government, or a written submission to to an email address, or physically drop it off. Our, our method, which I encourage people to do, is to use our platform at psouthafrica.co.za. And because because it's a public public platform, we keep a record of all of that, which we can then present as evidence later on in in a court challenge. The whole idea behind behind doing uh, beginning involved in public participation and um, uh, co-shaping policy is because prevention is is definitely better than cure. It's almost impossible to undo legislation after it has been signed in, into law. And it's a very expensive process, and you can only amend it afterwards. However, if you participate and through the correct channels, then you have a, a voice in actually shaping the law in the favour which which you want to go. Well, there you go. So, if you want to uh, have a look at some of these bills, uh, Rob, I take it they are on the website. If people go to dear South Africa. .co.za and then they can click and uh, participate and 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 actually uh, write in what uh, what they want to do. 
Absolutely, yes. Yes, South Africa does see it as their day. Everything is there. Click on latest uh, campaigns and it'll take you through to a list of what is either local or national and you can have your, have your say on, on what concerns you. Well, there you go. And I hope, uh, Rob, will have you on more regularly to update us on what some of these concerns are because I do think it's a, a vitally important service. So uh, uh, please keep up the good work and we look forward to chatting to you on the station again. Thank you very much, Benji and your team. Thanks you so much.